Hello, ladies, gentlemen, non-binary folks, everybody in between. How the hell are you? You're listening to Magnum Oops, the podcast where we talk about stuff and then we deconstruct that stuff and uh, we do improv scenes based on it. I'm Sierra. Hey, and I'm Jad. And I think you nailed it, Sierra. That was a great introduction to our show. Thank you very much. I tip my hat. <laughs> Which you're not actually wearing. So right out of the bat, you're being disingenuous. Didn't have to tell them. <laughs> this is our sixth episode. We've covered a lot of topics, but one of the things that we kind of keep circling back around to is music. Da, 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 da. That's a great example of music. Thank you. I think we're done. That's our, that's our show. All right, cut. Bye. <laughs> so Sierra, you had a really good idea and I begrudgingly accepted to do it. Um, that Classic. we would, that we would introduce each other to some of our favorite bands. And so that's what we're doing here. We're going to start with one of my favorite bands, which is the Decemberists. Da, da, da. <laughs> More music. Fantastic. <laughs> what we decided to do here is I have given Sierra three albums for her to listen to from the Decemberists. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> she is not all that familiar with the band, and I am... Um, in as much as I am a super fan of bands, I'm probably a super fan of this band. So that's what we did. Before we get into it, I want to ask you, Sierra, when it comes to music, are you a lyrics person or a melody soundscapes mm, person? The age old question. <sighs> kind of both. I put it to you this way. I can really dig a song if it has a good melody um bonus points if it has interesting lyrics if a song has interesting lyrics but not a great melody that sometimes is a deal breaker for me <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i i was hearing some stuff earlier this week where it was interesting writing lyrically but and i can't remember the name of the band so apologies <laughs> but yeah lyrically it was interesting but it was so like discordant from the rest of the music like with the instruments guitars etc was not meshing um and it was just it was just grating to me <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was it a situation where it was like really sad lyrics and really happy sounding music no, like that is fine. Actually, you'll probably start to see that I do kind of like that sort of thing. Okay. Um, it's more so like the lyrics like weren't in time with the music. Hmm. Like, I don't even know how to describe it was almost like slam poetry <laughs> <laughs> beside like a musical accompaniment. Um, but they weren't designed to like coexist is what it felt like. <laughs> okay. That makes sense because I generally speaking am not a lyrics person. Mm, okay. Yeah. I'm not all that into poetry. I mean, not that 
poetry is not great, but sure. it's just not something I gravitate towards. Mm. And so as I'm just kind of casually listening to music, I really rarely ever pay attention to lyrics, mm. even songs where I, I feel like I know what the lyrics are and I'm singing along. A lot of times I'm just like, <laughs> and I've, I've never, I've rarely like taken the time to kind of look up what lyrics are uh-huh. and understand the story behind them. And I'm saying all this because this band is one of the few bands where I actually um, flip it and reverse it on me. It's because their lyrics are so dense and uh, the term hyper literate is thrown around. Mm -hmm. Um, And the stories that they tell are just so out of left field Mm -hmm. that that's one of the things that really gravitates me towards this band because I feel like um, if you're not a lyrics person like me, and you hear some of this music and then you're like, wait, what did he, what the heck did he just say? <laughs> He's singing about cormorants. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and coronets. And um, <laughs> yeah. So for me, diving into the lyrics for these songs is really rewarding. Mm. Yeah. So that's one of the things I like. Before we dive into the albums in particular, what were your general, like, did you know any songs already? And yes, what were your thoughts listening? Um, yeah, so I had definitely heard most, if not all, of oh, and by the way, <laughs> the albums that I listened to <laughs> were uh, Picaresque, uh, The Crane Wife, and something about ha- love, Hazards of Love, Hazards of Love, <laughs> which <laughs> I was texting Jad, I said that one's my favorite, and I couldn't remember the name of it. I digress, yeah, so I had heard. Definitely a few songs from The Crane Wife. Oh, Valencia. That one Mm -hmm. goes through my head every time that I'm on Instagram posting a photo because there's a filter called Valencia. (laughs) (laughs) And every time I'm scrolling through, I don't even have to select it. Mm -hmm. That goes through my head. What else? There was one, Sons and Daughters, I think. That one, I believe, was featured, featured in a late episode of The Office. Uh, the Decembers were featured in both. Well, a song of theirs was featured in The Office, and then they perform on Parks and Rec. So I think they must have mm. an in with somebody at NBC or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I had had some limited exposure to them previously. Did you watch Mad Men? Yes. Mm-hmm. There. So the Infanta is in an episode of Mad Men, oh. an early episode. Um, it's in the beginning. I think it's season one and it's at the very beginning of the episode and Peggy is putting on her makeup as Uh I recall. And it's playing, it's a very odd choice because for the time period anyway, Yeah, (laughs) that's not come from the sixties and B it is not talking about something happening in the sixties. So as much as I love that song and, you know, I love hearing the December. I thought that was an odd thing, but, (laughs) You know, there's a footnote in Decemberist lore. (laughs) Maybe somebody else can educate us on that choice. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I I think I listened to them in the order that they were released. I think that's the way that I tried to do it. I am double-checking. first. Okay, yes. I listened to Picaresque, then Crane Wife, then Hazards of Love. Okay. um, Which I think is in order. So yeah, the first uh, couple of albums, like... 
I, I had listened to the Decemberists before and kind of been like, eh, you know, it's, it's fine. Um, but like, so we were recently talking about Neutral Milk Hotel. Neutral Milk Hotel. Whatever. Wherever the emphasis goes. <laughs> um, I could definitely see like parallels between those two artists. It was like this time around when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, and it kind of clicked for me a little bit. Okay. Um, and yeah, just in terms of like the general sound, obviously listening to three albums, I did not look up the lyrics to most of the songs. Okay. Um, but I like a general vibe, especially from the first two albums that I got. It reminded me I was getting... Um, Haunted Carnival by the Sea is the vibe I was getting. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In the and, 1800s. Yeah, um, I liked that. It also reminded me of, um, did you ever see the show on Cartoon Network, Flapjack? No. Okay. It reminded me of that. They're in like a, it's a very odd show. I don't even know how to describe it to you. The main characters are like this little boy, a whale whose name is Bubby, who he, like, lives in. <laughs> and, and I think in one of the lyrics of... The lyrics in one of the songs was saying something of, like, living in a whale and the bones or the rafters or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and so we'll get that, there. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. So that was giving me very... Reminded me of Flapjack. Kind of an odd... It, it's a Cartoon Network show, so those tend to be a bit darker. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah, it definitely fit um, for, I think, the first two for me. The last one, like, I don't know, uh, The Hazards of Love, it just like, it clicked, fucking slaps. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I, I It felt very like Hero's Journey-ish, which I really liked. And yeah, in essence, those are my overall comments <laughs> awesome i love it you, just as you mentioned uh there's a lot of nautical imagery there's a lot of ghost stories mm -hmm. there's a lot of um 19th century and and older uh and there's folk tales um and for me i'm just like nobody else well maybe i'm just limited in my musical knowledge <laughs> i'm not going to claim to like you know have heard everything but for me nobody else is making music like this it's mm. it's so just out of left field mm -hmm. and uh the two the first two albums picaresque crane wife i love them a lot because they have so many different styles I mean, it's all of them, yep. but it, but they they touch on a lot of different styles that the albums themselves, to me, feel like mixtapes. Mm, mm -hmm. Totally I get that. I love an album that just, you know, is not the same thing all the way through. Because mm -hmm. I'm very simple-minded and I get bored <laughs> very easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I got that feeling listening to, like, early Black Keys, <laughs> I would yeah. say, is, like... <laughs> You could listen to the song separately, like put them in a playlist, but you don't want to listen to the whole album front to back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some artists do the one thing really well, like maybe ACDC, 
So uh, also, you know, to tell our listeners, I grew up as a kid in the middle of Iowa. And essentially, I was as far away from either ocean as you could get. (laughs) So anything that was about, you know, sailors and um, nautical tales and that I just ate it up. I drank it up, I guess. Um, (laughs) I don't don't know that I've ever told you this, Sierra. My all-time favorite movie from childhood is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. You have not told me this. I've also never seen that movie or read the book. I think we have two copies of that book, actually, at the apartment. (laughs) I've never read it. (laughs) Okay, so for a housewarming gift, I'm getting the third (laughs) copy. (laughs) Um, I will tell you, the the book is long and um, it gets tedious in, in passages as there's just kind of lots of scientific descriptions of different flora and fauna species Mm. so uh, but the disney movie is fucking awesome okay like it is amazing we will have to watch that sometime i guess Uh, it it has like an anti-imperialist love it uh um viewpoint to it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's just it's action the characters are great it if it rules. It rules. So I'm just going to put a plug in for the 1954 classic, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It, it, it goes along with, with the, uh, the general feel of this music, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. On a stride, on her father's line with the king and his concubines and her nurse with her pictures of liquors and Um, let's, let's dive into it. Picaresque, the hmm. first album, it is, it was their kind of big breakout hit album. It was their last album on their indie label, Kill Rock Stars. It was recorded in a church. Oh, neat. Which I learned just from looking this up. What are some of the songs that jumped out at you? I'm going to have to have the song list up, so give me a second. Yes, go right ahead. (laughs) Excellent show prep. I'm very (laughs) proud. I listened to all of the albums more than once, but I, for the, I could not. Okay, just by the ones that I have liked on Spotify, because that is how I have listened to this album. Mm -hmm. Eli the Barrow Boy, 16 Military Wives, and On the Bus Mall. Okay. Okay, fantastic. Uh, yes, Eli the Barrel Boy. That's one of my favorites as well. A sad tale. What happens in this in this song? We have poor Eli. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know because I'm the super fan and you're the casual fan. Educate me, please. <laughs> so let's see. Eli is. Um, I'm gonna have to look it up. right so he pushes his wheelbarrow all around town he Mm. sells coal and marigolds and he cries out um to the townsfolk 
corn cobs and candle wax for the buying. He wishes he could afford to buy his love a fine robe made of gold and silk Arabian thread. But she is dead and gone and living, lying in a pine grove, and he must push his barrow all the day. And then later in the song, uh, Eli the barrow boy, when they found him, dressed all in corduroy, he had drowned in the river down the way. So right off the bat, this is se- setting the tone that we're going to get a lot of tragic death. We're going to get a lot of <laughs> star-crossed lovers. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a quiet, plaintive song. It's beautiful, I think. Um, yeah, it kind of reminds me in a way thematically of Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> okay. In yeah. a way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just the whole, you know, lived a sad life and then they just fucking died. <laughs> <laughs> in Eleanor Rigby, do we talk about her? Do they talk about her ghost? Um, I don't remember. I don't I gotta think so. They just talk about. Friggin' look up those lyrics. That is one of my favorite Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got Father Mackenzie writing the words of a sermon that no one will hear. No one comes near. Yeah. No, it's just like she dies alone in the, in the like. Uh, yeah, that's it. Reverend or whatever the hell kind of church person he was buried her and was like, cool. Wiping the dirt off my hands. Yep. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> When I was a kid, because it has the line, darning his socks in the night. Yeah. When, nobody there. when I was a kid, because my parents, you know, they, they grew up in the 60s and the Beatles. Uh-huh. You know, so they'd play the Beatles in the household when I was growing up. And I always thought that that meant like he was mad at his socks. <laughs> Darn you socks. <laughs> yes, exactly. Darn socks. Always getting holes. Darn them. <laughs> no, I, for an embarrassingly long amount of time, did not know what that meant. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I assumed based on context, but I was like, I've never heard. Is that like British slang? I don't I don't know. Well, you were smarter than me, it took <laughs> me until I think grad school to figure that out. <laughs> well, when I say an embarrassingly long time, I'm talking like last year. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're pretty much on on par. <laughs> this is one of the first albums that my. Well, my current wife, who I guess is now my ex-girlfriend, but at the time she was my girlfriend, <laughs> we started I was dating. Like, why are you describing it this way? <laughs> <laughs> we started dating in 2005, which is when this album oh, came out. Okay. And she was um, big into indie music. And so this was kind of a big indie hit at the time. And she's like, you should Makes listen sense. to this. So this album has kind of, it's very sentimental for me because in all of our road trips across the country and travel, you know, this has kind of been one of our mainstays, mm-hmm. um, despite the fact that it is at times terribly sad. It's just, it's so great. It's like, it's like if you read any of the children's stories, like the, the actual German stories that, <laughs> you know, right. Cinderella and whatnot are based off of. Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> Or if you read any, like, Tolstoy, I guess. I got halfway through Anna Karenina and I was like, everybody's just going to die. 
Um, but at least in this case, I feel like it's an interesting ride there. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's all about the trappings of the, the details along the way. Yes. And it's also yeah. not 700 pages long. <laughs> <laughs> it only takes 45 minutes of your life. Okay. So let's go there now. All right. I'm Eli. And now I'm going to go back to the lyrics. So I can't yeah, to reference it. I have to do that too. <laughs> We're figuring this out, folks. <laughs> At some point, uh, Sierra is going to give me a band. Well, she has. I'm not. We're not going to say what it is yet. She's going to give me her favorite band, and I will get familiar with that music, and we'll talk about that. This so is forthcoming. we will uh, flip it and reverse it. But right now, I'm running the show. <laughs> so I'm Eli. All right, I'm the Barrel Boy. Oh, God, this corduroy is so itchy. Ah, all right. Who needs corn cobs? Who needs candle wax? Hey, lady, uh, what yeah. can I get you? Yeah, I, you know what? Put put me down for some of that candle wax. Okay, so six cases of candle wax can I get you down, lady? I, you know, I normally don't buy it in such great quantities, um, but... We're experiencing a shortage of light in my household. So you know what? I will take six cases. Please and thank you. I got nothing else to do today. I got to know more about that. How is there possibly a shortage of light in your house? Well, the... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, and and you, you better oh. have a good answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm Eli the fucking Barrow Boy, okay? Sorry. You don't lie to Eli the Barrow Boy. <laughs> But lie is sort of in your name, is it not? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I had to. Um, my donkey was, who's who's carrying my wares for the day. Uh, this ass over here, he he needed some fuel, so I had to give him a handful of grass. He's better now. He is looking much much more prepared to face the day and to carry all of this wax. Anyway, Ow, knock it off. It's your stupid donkey is grabbing onto my corduroy jacket. Would you... Leslie, God. hey, come on. Oh, you're so stubborn. All right, it's right. fine. I've got a supply uh, of grass. I'm just gonna keep just gonna keep feeding her. You better. Look, I would be willing to trade if you happen to have some uh like a fine robe, because uh I'm trying to get up with my lady friend, if you know what I mean. Mm. And the thing is, she likes gold and silk Arabian thread. Scandal. I mean, you know, hey, I'm Eli the fucking barrel boy, right? Eli's right gonna get are. his. Get his, he will. I don't have any Arabian silk. Um. Okay. You know, what, nor do what, I have what? any silk at all. However, what I do have for you is uh, a robe made of uh, burlap. Would that would that suffice? I mean, is it Arabian burlap? For you. <laughs> Anything's we, Arabian. We cut to uh Eli is, has got this burlap <laughs> robe. <laughs> he's he's uh trying to make the moves on his um hey Penelope. So uh, you know, we've been going steady for kind of a while now and you know, I just feel like you're only going to get one shot at Eli the fucking Barrow Boy. 
So uh, what do you think? We're going to close the deal here? Uh, I don't know how many times I have to tell you. I am dead and gone, lying in a pine grove. So you're talking to a ghost right now. And if you know anything about ghosts, we cannot wear clothing. Other than what we died in. You know, so this is kind of it's kind of what we're we're dealing with here. Cool. Cool. Yeah. This, this isn't good enough for you. <laughs> you know, I mean I feel like I would still be able to love you emotionally, but mm. I'm not sure how the whole physical part's going to work out. Maybe we need some kind of sex therapist. <laughs> What was the name of that sex therapist? Uh, hmm. I am not familiar with that term. Uh, do you mean do you mean the witch? Well, yeah, she's got witchy ways about her. Yeah, that's who it is, the wit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the evil one. Um, she threatened yeah. to drown me. Yeah. Right. Oh, that old card. Right. Of course. Uh, what, what, what was her name? <sighs> Eugenia? It was something weird. Yes, did I hear my name? Oh, fuck. Duck down. Oh, shit. She's coming for Eli the Barrel Boy. Oh, that's a nice corduroy jacket. Eli, if you, if you don't move, she can't see you. I, you're thinking of dinosaurs. Damn it, you're right. I can totally see and hear you. <laughs> Come here, boy. You're going to die. Boom, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. Eli the fucking barrel, boy. <laughs> and scene. That's fine. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Let's move on. The next song you really liked was 16 Military Wives. Mm -hmm. That I did. Um, this, I think, is one of those songs that fits in that category of sounds pretty like happy and upbeat. But if mm -hmm. you listen to it, uh, it's not so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's another sad one. It's a uh, it's a screed against the uh, Gulf War that was going mm -hmm. on in the in the mid aughts. Yeah, very anti-Bush. So. Yep, yep. I didn't even know that he was a president and not a plant at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were, you were, well, yes. Because I mean, I wasn't that difference. young, but, <laughs> <laughs> but still, I had no real idea what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> didn't really have... Uh, my frontal lobe was not developed enough to be able to comprehend what was happening. <laughs> but I do, yeah, I do definitely could sense that. Uh, that there was sort of a, yeah, anti-war, anti-imperialist-y vibe going on. Mm -hmm. Um which, yeah, now as an actual adult, I can appreciate. 
Yeah, and and it has the uh, the chorus and the anchor person on TV goes la di da di da di da di da di da, which you know, fortunately now it's been um, 15, 16 years and the media um, has really shaped itself up and now (laughs) (laughs) reports on things um, accurately and honestly. And so doesn't bend the truth at all. It's nice to know that all that is behind us. There are no alternatives to the facts. Oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I'm sorry. It kind of um, reminded me, it was a similar refrain as, I think, Slaughterhouse-Five. I remember reading it in high school, mm-hmm. and it was like a repeated phrase of like, after a disaster or something, like, does the bird sing wheat or something like that? It was a very similar um, refrain there, which I liked a lot. I don't remember that detail. It's been forever since I've read that book, but... I believe that you're right. <laughs> it happened. You, you can quote me on that. <laughs> this song has so many numbers. I don't know. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's 16 military wives, 17 company men, 15 celebrity minds, 18 academy chairs, 14 a- cannibal kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like, I wouldn't be able to remember these lyrics. It's amazing how <laughs> to perform this live, you know. I wouldn't be able to keep yeah. that straight. Which maybe then, they don't when they perform it live. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we will talk about that because I have seen the Decemberist live twice. Nice. Yes. But I want to wait till we get to Hazards of Love to get into that. Okay. Um, what's the next one? Uh, did you like The Engine Driver? Mm, it's the one probably. that... Probably. This, this is one of uh, Mary and I's favorites. It's the one that has the line um, he's talking about... Uh, oh. I'm a county lineman. Um, there are power lines in our bloodlines. Ooh. It's kind of a, um, the, the song is about, at first it seems that it's about different people. Um, first he's in, talking about an engine driver, like a train mm-hmm. conductor, I think. And then there's a county lineman. And then um, there's a money lender. But really it's all about the lead guy, Colin Malloy. Because he's a he, then he sings about he's a writer, he's a writer mm, of fictions, uh-huh. and all of these are like different elements of his personality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did like this one. I just didn't. Okay. That's the <laughs> hit correct the little answer. like button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember really liking the "and if you don't love me, let me go" thing. Yes. Um, yes. Just having known folks who have been in toxic relationships <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know like uh nate and sheila our good friends from the yes. last episode <laughs> of oh. like yeah Poor sheila. <laughs> of like all right come on don't keep dragging me along like yeah we're you gonna clearly, do it let's do it you nate you love yourself more than you love her so let her go exactly (laughs) what was the next one that you clicked like on it was on the bus mall on the bus mall now this (laughs) is considered one of their best songs generally i picked right (laughs) (laughs) 
and it's a long song. There's a lot of story going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well, what did you think it was about? Kind of, and there is a very high chance that I am projecting my own mental state into this um because i did have an ex- an experiment what the fuck i did have an appointment with my therapist today oh, okay <laughs> yeah just just talking about uh getting out of old patterns is like generally the vibe that i was getting from this and what i am currently experiencing <laughs> so like i said very high chance that i am projecting onto this and like i said i certainly didn't get all the lyrics when i was listening to it oh no and i don't expect you to have um i'll just let's make a disclaimer here as we do these like favorite band episodes you know there's no expectation that that you're gonna either of us is gonna like you know fully get everything because music is very subjective there are many truths um, and you know, your take on a song is very valid, um, you know, no matter what, so no pressure. Um, yes. so this is a song about, uh, two homeless gay prostitutes. Naturally. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it literally, I'm, I'm, you know, pulling your leg, but it is literally that that's what it's about. Yeah. Um, but you know, they they talk about uh, and they mention a lot of different locations in um, Portland, which is where the band is out of. So Got it. I, I saw this in, on a list of you know songs about Portland. Um, so it's a it's a terribly sad song. These these guys, they have a hard life, um, yep. but they have each other. And. I, they, you know, at least at the very least they have each other but yeah this is a it's a hard one for me to listen to to be honest yeah that makes a lot of sense (laughs) but really yeah any anything that's like describing how much you know you're suffering or like i'm living a shitty life but hey i have x i have y um always kind of squirrels its way into right here into my empty chest cavity just kidding Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) gets a place close to my heart is what i will say (laughs) yeah yeah um so listener if you have not heard on the bus mall you really need to it's it's a tremendous song it's powerful Mm -hmm. um and it is followed by uh, I don't know if you remember this one, but uh, taking a real tonal left turn, um, it's followed by one of my favorites, mm. which is the Mariner's Revenge song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love a good revenge song. Yes. Let me tell you. <laughs> and this song is where we get the imagery of, um, well, the opening lyrics are, um, oh, we are too- yeah. We are two mariners, our ship's sole survivors in this belly of a whale. Its ribs are ceiling beams. Its guts are carpeting. I guess we have some time to kill. And that's a bit of foreshadowing right there. Yo, this one's juicy. I love it. (laughs) God, I almost feel like I need to just read the whole lyrics, but that would take... That's what I am doing silently. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
So this is one of the things I just love about this band is that they can, they weave together um, these vivid stories. You know, it, it's like the story told here could be done as um, a movie or a short film, or it could be its own little book, you know? Um, but, mm-hmm. but basically we've got a, uh, a dude and um, as he, when he was a kid, his mother got screwed over by a, guy who was a rake and a roustabout um there's those ten dollar words yeah (laughs) and then the woman dies of um syphilis or consumption as it was known back then in the 19th century 18th century whenever it doesn't really say when but this is like way back when old old timeies (laughs) and then and then the son spends like 20 plus years um hunting down the rake, the bastard. Mm -hmm. And finally he's on a boat, which is in pursuit of, of the bad guy, a whale, um, attacks both of them, wrecks both their ships and somehow both of them survive. And the guy is able to capture the villain and has him tied up and is about to go to town on some, friggin torture uh, <laughs> about to throw down <laughs> uh throughout the song you hear the ghost of his mom singing um find him bind him tie him to a pole and break his fingers to splinters drag him to a hole until he wakes up naked clawing at the ceiling of his grave so you know a fun one <laughs> Mm-hmm. I get chills reading that line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, ugh. <laughs> and this song is like nine minutes long, something like that. It's, it's pretty long. It's an epic. It's a mini epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I do enjoy a good revenge story. So definitely liked this one as well. Um, and yeah, especially with the like the ghost audio what am i trying Mm -hmm. to say the ghost voice yes um like breaking into that in the middle of you know of the song i was like love it (laughs) (laughs) so i've seen them seen the decembrists play live twice neither time did they do this song however Mm. if you find videos on youtube you can see when they did do it live i think it was earlier in their career they would actually have like big cutouts, big cardboard cutouts of the ships and the whale, and they would act it out on stage, and it would be like a make a, a show whole of it. production. <laughs> um, you know how on TikTok there was a thing for a while there where sea shanties were mm-hmm. a thing, right? Yep. Well, I, I feel do. like the Decemberists were way ahead of their time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Did they know there was going to be a pandemic? i yes i did know that that was a trend that was happening and i sort of discovered that right after um so sam and i watched uh the lighthouse which i think is a robert eggers film with just robert pattinson and willem dafoe Mm -hmm. i haven't seen it but okay i've seen lots of memes from it yes it is a very (laughs) memeable movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I would recommend watching it with subtitles because their accents are indecipherable. <laughs> okay. We, so when we first saw it in, th- in the theater, we didn't get it partially because 
we couldn't understand their accents and partially because it was based on some Roman and or Greek myths. Don't remember which, um, which we did not know going in. And so a lot of the imagery that would have landed had we already been familiar with that, with those stories just kind of was lost on us. But the sea shanty thing of course does come up because it's two dudes in the 18th or 19th century singing you know sea sea shanties by the seashore (laughs) 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 and taking care of a lighthouse i would say that pairs nicely with this album as well (laughs) yeah absolutely let's let's do this let's go to um two people on a first date and he's already seen the movie and she is not oh so um yeah so what did you think of that movie wasn't it amazing like i've seen it like four times uh it 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 was something um i don't know it was like black and white like what is that i mean (laughs) well you know it's i mean it's a it's 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 an art film. I mean, I think it's a real piece of art. And, you know, I mean, you could recognize, right, like the deep, deep Greek mythology and the, the references. I mean, it was so it was so profound. Didn't you think it was profound? Uh, in and in, in parts, I guess, uh, you know, uh are you, I'm sorry. Are you, can you look me in the eye? Because it looks like you're looking at your phone. You're I, like, what is that? You're wait. What are you? Are Are you like googling about this movie? No, definitely not. It uh, Pr- Prometheus is that a character? <laughs> yeah, in a different movie. <laughs> what? I um. I mean, it was profound, I guess, when, like, the seagull died. That was a moment. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, the seagull dying. I mean, I, I know what that symbolizes. Well, because, I mean, you know, I'm, just, I'm just asking if you know what that symbolizes. All right, sir. I was watching the movie. They said, theorized that the spirits of of dead uh sailors were living on in seagulls and so when one of those seagulls passed away at robert pattinson's hand i think uh you know they got really pissed off and uh they told the ocean that's what i got from it and clearly that's you know a deeper deeper profound uh, symbolic representation of the um, story of the Sosomasis. So, you know, I mean, we don't have to like get deep into it, but I just, I just wanted to know if you, you know, appreciated it on the right level. Mm. Well, I can't say I've ever heard of, <laughs> um, would you mind describing to me <laughs> story? Oh yeah, I mean I can do it. I I can totally describe the the legend of Samson. So, um, um, there was the 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 Pattinson, and 
Mm -hmm. real it was jealous of uh the the ryan seacrest Mm. and yeah i'm gonna go uh, ahead and stop you right there that feels that feels pretty wrong i'm not gonna lie uh those are pretty contemporary names now i don't appreciate art cinema for the most part but what i do appreciate is sticking to the time periods in which these things occurred <laughs> that is a strange thing to, <laughs> to is this like where you draw the line of who you date and who you don't date uh yeah i mean this is my hill and this is where i die like the seagull <laughs> oh my god the hill you're dying on is so symbolic you're you're brilliant will you told marry you, me told you uh thanks um but I'm, I'm gonna have to go with no oh my god you're rejecting my love that's so significant it's just like the legend of us have, have a seven is that anything like the legend of zelda <laughs> it was my link to the past all right we'll cut that one there <laughs> We just don't know what we're doing. What a mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. This is improv, folks. We <laughs> we go with what our partner gives us. <laughs> Everything's made up and the points don't matter. That's right. Wait a minute. When first we laid eyes, I swore to Let's move on to the Crane Wife second album. Uh, this is this was a big hit for them. It really put them on the map. It's got long songs. Um, like the second track is like twelve minutes long, something mm-hmm. like that. It's this massive like prog rock mini opus, um, and then it's also got the the songs three songs for the crane wife which are split mm-hmm. up in a strange way because the the, the the album opens with the final song of the crane wife story and then late in the album you get the crane wife parts one and two so it's like when you start a movie and shit's happening and then it's like three weeks earlier <laughs> uh, yes in media res yes <laughs> um what did you think of the album because i i love this album but it is uh, I mean, odd. <laughs> um, I guess. I mean, I. I will say I liked it. I don't think I like. Had this is probably the one that I had the least strong reaction to. I had already heard a couple songs from this album before, like I mentioned. Uh, yes, the Valencia, and, and I also think. Uh, the perfect crime number two. Oh, you've heard that song before yes i think okay. it came up like in a playlist or something i'm not sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah i had definitely heard that one before uh and sons and daughters mm-hmm. i think like i think i like a lot of the songs individually but 
album wise i don't know for whatever reason i just like couldn't seem to get fully into it like invested in the whole thing start to finish yeah that's fair i think that's totally fair this one has i mean when i listen to it i usually just jump around Mm. um you know i jump up jump up and get down Mm -hmm. um jump jump everybody (laughs) jump jump uh we took we mentioned the um i guess it was an instagram filter named after the song because the song <laughs> came first uh old valencia which is a classic tale of star-crossed lovers a real romeo and juliet kind of thing happening mm-hmm. um we have a boy we have a girl can uh, i make it any more obvious yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh are you aware of why the song is called Valencia and why um, the lyric is I'll burn this whole city down? No. It is a reference to uh, a town in a city, I guess, in Spain hmm. called Valencia. That and makes sense. every, every March they have a festival called uh, Las Fias. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Where they have fireworks like in the streets and firecrackers and they have these, it's all, it's like a fire festival. Um, so it is a town. Sorry, that... when you said fire festival, I thought of. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that would be an episode. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a not disastrous fire festival every year. <laughs> F-I-R-E. Uh, Woo. But uh, I haven't been to this festival, but I did live in Valencia, Spain for a month. Oh, when? when? Uh, this was 2004, 2004. Yeah, early 2004. Uh, I was backpacking. This was post-grad school and I was backpacking through Europe and nice. I found this thing. They had a hostel and then they also had this like longer term housing for local students. And mm. I, I, I was after sleeping and living on trains for several months sounds awful yeah i mean no it was great (laughs) (laughs) but i wanted to just kind of be uh stay put for a little while and so i just um got it took out a room for a month and lived with some spanish students and i didn't really learn much spanish it was my intention to kind of like oh yeah i'll immerse myself Uh in the language and um you know i just it was just more fun to hang out and drink and party (laughs) (laughs) as you do as a grad school student, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Post post grad school student. Yeah. Um, I do remember going into the market and I wanted to buy, uh, four chicken thighs and I ended up asking for 40 chicken thighs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so there was a bit of uh yeah i had to, <laughs> miscommunication like, miscommunicate yeah some ill communication <laughs> como se dice 40 yes it was the difference between quarto and quarenta if i remember right um but you know that's how yeah. rusty my spanish is quattro and yeah that's i used I to know yeah <laughs> And I'm probably wrong. Um, now you're but... just a language that I used to know. <laughs> Sorry, continue. 
Thank you, got ya. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so in addition to being a great song, a song that I really like, um, a song where um, young people die tragically. So you know, right that? in that right in that Decemberist's uh, uh <laughs> it reminds me of that that time in my life which is very mm, you know, mm-hmm. very happy time yeah um, yeah so also in this album uh i don't know if you remember i thought this was really interesting because i didn't know this until i was researching for the show but there's a song called when the war came mm-hmm. did, did you research this I did not research it. I just remembered okay. the name. <laughs> it's kind of a it's kind of a heavy, um, almost Black Sabbath type of mm. um, rock song called "When the War Came," and it's about the World War II, uh, the siege of Leningrad, where um. Hitler's armies had surrounded completely surrounded Leningrad, and um, they for I think it was for I, I read nine hundred days. This lasted. And Damn. the the yeah, like thousands and thousands of people inside the city died. They perished from starvation. They didn't have mm. fuel for cooking um, or keeping themselves warm. But uh, the song specifically is about this particular um, building. And I'm sorry, I'm not getting all the details. But the this particular Sorry. building where um, one of the, it was like a government run plant storage facility mm, where they mm-hmm. were they were like preserving seeds yep for you know botany research um and for you know ha- agriculture and whatnot mm-hmm. and the people the workers in there like swore an oath to themselves that they would not let the starving citizens in and eat up all of the plants because if they did then they would all be completely gone so they kept the the citizens out and even many of the scientists inside perished of starvation but they they maintained the the seeds damn it's that is dark. dedication it is dedication yeah so never let it be said that the decemberists don't cover like some deep shit man y'all are out here talking like your plant dads and moms <laughs> <laughs> Come back to me when you give your life to save them. <laughs> okay, we got to do something with that. Yep. <laughs> All right, where are we? We are, um, it's it's modern times, it's the suburbs. Yep. Yeah. yeah, naturally. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a horticulturist uh, enthusiast meetup group. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, uh, Phyllis, your hydrangeas are looking amazing there. I know, aren't they? They're my pride and joy. I I sing to them every night so that they get the recommended amount of carbon dioxide. That's just admirable. I love it. So uh, here's my philodendron. And I know it's not that showy, but um, I actually, I took a bullet for it. George, oh my, wow. I mean, that's the kind of dedication that that we strive for here at the Horticulturist Society. Hold on. <laughs> Phyllis, are you well? I just told you that I got shot. 
I'm very well, but your plant is thriving. You don't care at all, like the particular circumstances of how somebody You're alive. shot me. You're alive, <laughs> aren't you? Tell me the story. What happened? No, 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 I'm not gonna, because I could tell you don't care. Now, if the bullet had hit your plant, I would care, because there'd well, be something I could do about that as a uh, horticulturist. Yeah, yeah, duh, Phyllis. Yeah, I would care too. I'm the one who dived in front of my philodendron and took two rounds to the legs. See, you're fine. It was just your legs. George, I mean, please. Uh, Valencia over here. Friggin' her rose garden, okay, was about yeah. to be pulverized by some deer. And do you know what she did? What she does to this day to keep them safe? Let me first ask, did the deer have any semi-automatic rifles? No. I'm going to guess not. Valencia did, though. <gasps> guess what? No more deer. Wait a minute. Valencia is my neighbor from across the street. She... Hold... They never found the shooter. Well, my precious legs. So you're saying that our dear pillar of the community here you're saying that she shot you she no not that she shot you that she was shooting at your plant at your plant which she has sworn to protect all plants we've all signed an oath when we started at this meetup all right yes plants are death <laughs> no no plants are life and we die to preserve the life. <laughs> right. Plants or death. <laughs> now you're getting it. Yeah, yeah, I got it. All right. I got two two rounds in the legs. <laughs> and they and you have no idea who it was who shot you. All I'm saying is, let's see if Valencia's missing some bullets. <laughs> Cause I I kept my bullets. Here, let me just squeeze them out of my legs here. Oh! I was shot like 20 minutes ago. George. Alright, let's that's got it. Let's see. Not in front of the plants. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I feel like we are barely holding this together. <laughs> I just have like my last two brain cells. Maybe we'll be able to use like 40 minutes of this. <laughs> Oh no, we should release this unedited. This is <laughs> this is pure gold. Pure gold. A masterpiece. A magnum <laughs> oops, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> uh do you want to talk about the crane wife proper, the story? Do you know where the story comes from of the crane wife? I would like to talk about it, and I do not know the story, but I can tell you that it reminded me of uh Pinkerton a little bit. I've not really dived into that one. How, okay. what is it about? Tell me, I'm a, I'm a uh, Weezer noob. <laughs> so it um, was a concept album based on an opera called Madame Butterfly. Mm -hmm. I've um, heard of that. Okay. And Pinkerton, I think is like the main character. Um, and so hence the name Pinkerton. 
Um, he's like travels to Japan during wartime, I think. Okay. <laughs> and like, uh, I, so I don't remember it exactly. I learned this in a music appreciation class, like six years ago, <laughs> but, um, basically he goes to Japan, falls in love with a lady there um leaves and it's like i'll come back for you and then i think like she dies before he comes back or he never comes back something like that i don't remember precisely mm-hmm. all i know is that it's based on that opera cool um the crane wife is a japanese folk tale where a woodsman goes into the woods and finds a wounded crane um he nurses the crane back to health and okay. then it flies away. And then a woman, well, I think there's different iterations of the story, but basically mm-hmm. then a woman appears and they fall in love and they get married. Um, and she said, he's poor at the outside of the story. Mm. And she says, I can create fine, I think it's fine silks. You just have to let me so that we can be rich, but you can't watch me do it. You have to let me be in my own room to do it. Mm-hmm. And so she does it. She goes into her own room and they're able to sell this fine material. They become rich, um, but he becomes greedy mm-hmm. and too overly curious of what's happening in the room. And eventually curiosity uh, overcomes him. He goes into the room while she's doing her thing and she is actually the crane. Dun, and she dun, is- dun. Yeah. <laughs> Not Fraser Crane, but the <laughs> bird. <laughs> um, but she is the bird, and she's pulling her feathers out to create this fine material. Okay. And then, as soon as he sees her, basically the magic spell is broken. Right. She flies away, never to be seen again. And then he's destitute and um, back where he started. Basically, back where he started from. Yeah. Okay. But at least he's got a bitchin' story to tell out of it. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, he sold a lot of albums. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I Okay, so I think I have heard that before, but like a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, I needed, it was good that you refreshed my memory. But like, yeah, at every turn I was like, and then doesn't this happen? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I, de- I don't know where I've heard that before. Love it. We love a concept album. Yes. So Picaresque had songs that tell little stories. The Crane Wife has stories that are told over multiple different songs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you're ready, unless there was anything else you wanted to touch on on the Crane Wife album. No, not really. Okay, so then we get to their next album, which is The Hazards of Love. This is this was a divisive album in mm. fandom because it's it's kind of a lot. It's a one big 
story. It is a concept album. Um, it tells a story from beginning to end, and it is a strange tale that Colin Malloy wrote based in a, well, did, did you pick out what the story was or you tell me what your read on it was? Yep. I don't really remember <laughs> okay. exactly what the story was. I just like could tell, I was like, okay, there's the rising action, like conflict, yeah. you know, all the hallmarks of a story arc but without any of the specifics. (laughs) And that's totally fine because I listened to this album many times. Like when it first came out, you know, I was like, oh, New December. Yeah. And I listened to it many times. And I, on my own, I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out what this is about. And I couldn't do it on my own. I was like, (laughs) oh God, there's, there's too many terms. I don't know what they are. Mm. I I eventually had to just kind of go to the lyrics. And, um, but it's, it's a, very theatrical um Uh basically the story is uh there's this queen this like mystical queen who of the forest um she finds a baby and rescues it from death gives the baby immortality turns it into a fawn just go with me on this (laughs) Uh, later in life um uh the fawn is named william and then a woman named margaret comes through the forest she finds william william turns into a human they fall in love they want to have uh one night of uh passion together while he can be a human mm. but the queen finds them and she's uh she is not down with this idea of course not she's like how yeah of course she's a controlling she's... mom we know yeah exactly <laughs> classic fairy tale um she's like uh she says I'll I'll grant you one night of being a person, but then at the break of day, you have to come back and live with me forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's actually planning to trick them. Naturally. She, yeah. She comes across uh, this third character, next character, um, who is a rake, which is like a villain, you know, and then he has a whole song where he describes how he was... Um, uh, in a younger when he was younger he married a woman and then they had kids and he got tired of taking care of the kids so he killed all the kids and like you do like you do yeah and then she the queen uh abducts abducts margaret because she's going to use her as bait to get william back mm. she gets uh the rake to try to kill william i think um i might i might be mixing this up a little bit but basically there's there's uh um some conflict uh the ghosts of the dead children come and Mm -hmm. and get the rake so they get him out of the picture and then william has made a deal with the river that um he will the river will let him cross and rescue margaret from the queen but then on the way back he has to surrender and die in the river and so he does it and the whole album and the story ends with um, William and Margaret are together, but they're dying in the river and they did. <laughs> they done dead. <laughs> <laughs> they done dead. There's a lot of river deaths. <laughs> yes. sees a lot of water. <laughs> so big old theme. I feel like I had a couple germs of thoughts as you were talking and now Mm -hmm. they're gone okay 
course. Why would anything go smoothly this time? (laughs) (laughs) So it's, I mean, it is not an album of hit singles. It is not quite like you're not getting that. Uh, I like it. I don't listen to it very often and it has been a long time since I'd listened to it, but I, you know, re-listened to it for this show mm-hmm. and it's just an odd little thing, you know, mm-hmm. like what kind of album or what kind of band would just, would put out something so left of center, you know, <laughs> strange. I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. So now I remembered something is when you were, he and him, William and the River came to an agreement. I'm yes. just picturing like Dora the Explorer, <laughs> where <laughs> the river has a face, it's got eyes, and it's like, <laughs> You may cross if you can guess my riddles three or whatever the hell. <laughs> I, um, I, I think of that scene from Fellowship of the Ring where uh, Arwen is carrying Frodo after he's been stabbed by the. Mm. Uh, the Nazgul, and he's she's trying to get him to um, uh, Rivendell, and the ring wraiths are on the other side of the river, and she speaks Elvish, and she summons the the river to flow through, and the river looks like galloping horses and mm, mm-hmm. washes the Nazgul away. So, yeah. I don't remember that specifically, because the only time that I've seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies is all in one day. <laughs> <laughs> The extended versions or the... Yep. (laughs) I did that once and I didn't like it. (laughs) And I was familiar with them. Twice. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. That's... um, Okay. Which is why I remember almost none of it. (laughs) Yeah, you couldn't. You wouldn't be able to process it. (laughs) I mean, I remember... (laughs) I don't even know what movie it was but that's yeah that's it doesn't matter you can uh, just tell me what samwise and the other one <laughs> mm-hmm. they're that, walking that's around his name they've they've got their backpacks with their food and they like fall and carrots break or something um or mm-hmm. a stick breaks the carrot came to mind because um the people who i was watching it with uh shout out to my friend alex if he's listening um <laughs> like oh that's the scene and like everybody had to get a carrot and break it (laughs) oh wow you did like a rocky horror yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) pretty much um it was fun but i don't remember hardly any of the events except for like i remember Gollum, his whole story arc Mm -hmm. for whatever reason that's what stuck (laughs) stuck Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what stuck with you but not samwise and the other one (laughs) nope (laughs) what was his name frodo oh god (laughs) duh okay Oh my god. It's like I don't know. My brain is full of molasses. <laughs> <laughs> A flood of molasses. <laughs> so, okay. The first time I saw the Decemberists live 
they were touring off of the Hazards of Love album. And for this tour, what they would do was uh, their first set, they would play the entire album. They would just do the entire Hazards of Love, uh, have an intermission, and then they'd come back for a second set and then play like a collection of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, stuff from their other stuff. It was a great show. It sitting through the whole album of the hazards of love in a concert is I, I was like into it cause I was a big fan, yeah. but I also felt it was like asking a lot <laughs> <laughs> of the audience. Um, but I mean, I tip my hat to them for, you know, just going for it. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Cause yeah, like when I think of a concert, I tend to not think of the band playing an entire album start to finish. <laughs> right. I don't know. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. So I sent you a video earlier today. Did you watch yes, it? I did. Okay. Awesome. So let me just set the stage for you because at the time I was really following the band closely and I was into them and in their second set for this uh, show, I already knew that they would probably do um, this cover of the song Crazy on You by Heart. So because they had kind of done it several times before and I'd seen on like the message boards or whatever at the time. Uh Um, So I knew this was going to happen. Right. And I was looking forward to it because, you know, like I was just excited. Mm -hmm. And I was in the audience with with my wife, Mary, and there was a guy like one person behind me. You know how when you know, everybody's standing and, and they're in between playing songs and people are like yelling out, you know, oh, play this, oh, play, uh, play that, play Engine Driver. You play Freebird. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so this dude just kept screaming, top of his lungs, crazy on you, crazy on you. And it was, it really annoyed me because it was like, okay, he obviously, like me, knew what was going to happen because mm. he's he's into the band, right? right. And he knows they're going to play Crazy on You. And there's like, if you know what's going to happen, then there's no point in just like calling it out. <laughs> you're just trying to like make yourself look like you're like on top of things or super smart, you know? Yeah. No, he wants to feel like they actually took his suggestion. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and if people around don't know that this is going to happen, it's like this surprise cover, mm-hmm. you know, of a classic rock song, maybe they want to be surprised by it. Mm, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, I remember this very vividly being like, I didn't say anything to him because yeah. Like that would be dangerous, but I was like, <laughs> shut up, you putts. Like they'll do it. It's gonna be okay. It doesn't Let need to be about there. you. Yeah, they'll get there. That just reminds me of like, um, so when Sam and I we so we went to see Rocky Horror like at an event the first time that either of us had seen the movie. So mm-hmm. we didn't know what the fuck was happening. <laughs> okay. Because there were you know, everybody else was participating and we didn't know any of the the, the cues. Things. And, yeah, yeah, the cues. Yeah. But at that event, at a different event where um we watched The Room and 
what is the other one? Best friends, but the R is in parentheses. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <laughs> the whole the event with Greg Sestero, um, who plays uh what is his name in the room? Mark. Yes. What <laughs> oh, a story, as in Mark. oh hi. <laughs> <laughs> um at both of those events, it seemed like the people who were being the loudest in the room were right behind us. (laughs) Just the people who were screaming to the point where like they were getting hoarse and it's not like we were there all day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was that we were there for a movie and it was like, Oh my God. Yeah. They can hear you. (laughs) Yeah. You don't need to, um, if everybody's like going along with the cues, you don't need to be the one that's like, it's all about me. <laughs> yeah. I knew them first. You're right. right. <laughs> Good for you. Shut up about it. <laughs> but we did eventually watch Rocky Horror uh, on our own of our own volition, separate mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. And it definitely holds up. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it's fun. I like mm-hmm. Rocky Horror for sure. The Hazards of Love. Will you ever listen to it again? Yeah. All right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked it. Um, It's felt more, I was about to say, rock-y to Mm me. (laughs) Not trying to make a pun. (laughs) (laughs) Very prog rock-y, yes. Yes, which is kind of what I have been jamming on recently. That that definitely is, I think, closer to something that I would have listened to of my own volition anyway. <clears throat> cool. What have you been listening to lately? I So I've been listening to a lot of punk, actually, which has been very cathartic and fun. <laughs> uh, <sighs> prog rock wise, like, of course, putting me on the spot, I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> what is progressive rock? I've never heard it before. <laughs> what is that voice that was bizarre i don't know (laughs) i guess it's an anxiety voice it's if you've ever seen big mouth it's on netflix okay meaning to get to that must at least the first couple of seasons i mean (sighs) it's all i i was like not sure whether i agreed with myself as that was coming out of my mouth (laughs) Uh Uh, I thought you were going to say the first couple of episodes. No. You're like, seasons. <laughs> Just throwing seasons around. You know. <laughs> well, I think there's like four now. Oh, really? Um, okay. But honestly, all of them have really good episodes. So just dive right in. I'll do that. <laughs> but they're, so they, what I like about that show is it personifies these sort of patterns of thinking that a lot of people have. Like there's basically puberty manifests itself in like what they call like a hormone monster who's <laughs> like the one that's constantly putting uh sexual things in your head where they don't need to be sexual but you like are just discovering that that's a thing so it's like mm-hmm. happening constantly mm-hmm. or yeah that nasally whatever that was that i was just doing was kind of like i think it's a mosquito it's like anxiety is represented by a mosquito who i think is voiced by Maria Bamford. I'm not a hundred percent big fan of hers, but anyway, you should check it out. Listeners, you should check it out. Um, it's hilarious. Speaking of Maria Bamford, 
have you been listening to the podcast Estates of Perfection? I haven't because I don't have Stitcher Premium. Oh, snap. I know. Well, I it's yeah. I've wanted to listen to it because I know okay. I, like I really like Matt Besser. I like Improv for Humans. And of course, he yep. talks about that on that show all the time. Yep. But yeah, why does that relate? <laughs> She's in it. Oh, <laughs> It's uh, it's no it's not a great like profound. <laughs> okay, we're go- we're going back to that couple that were on that date. So you really you got to listen to this podcast. It's like it's so profound how Maria Bamford is in this episode. Like, doesn't that just blow your mind? Like, as herself. What? what what's what is i mean she's a great comedian i i really enjoy her comedy and her general messaging of hey let's talk about mental health i just feel like you don't get me i'm getting that sense as well um though to be fair to both of us we have just met I think, you know what, lady, uh, whatever your name was. <laughs> I told you it is Lucinda. <laughs> your name was not Lucinda. <laughs> you know what, the date's off. I'm, I see a, a barrel boy down the way. I'm going to go uh, see him in corduroy down there. Oh, I do. What? Yeah, go, go drown him. Have fun. <laughs> you got it. I'm going to steal his candles. <laughs> And we brought it full circle in the worst possible way. What even was this? What? <laughs> it's brilliance. It's it's solid gold brilliance. That's what it is. Yep. <laughs> the Decemberists. I I think we represented them very well. Colin, whatever your last name is. <laughs> Malloy, I Malloy. do know that. If you're listening, I don't know. Chris, Chris Funk, Jenny Conley, <laughs> um, Nate uh, Drum. Yep, nope, lost it. Sorry, well, my apologies. I was googling the lead singer. I forget why. It was like he has sort of a unique voice, but reminds me of Ben Gibbard. I think a little bit. Um, like I sound. Why- oh, uh, Death Cab for Cutie. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like their voices have a somewhat similar quality. And anyway, I was like, wasn't sure who the lead singer was. It doesn't matter why I'm googling the band. I was googling the band for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to justify anything to you. So we're anyway. out here making amazing, great <laughs> podcasts. I'm Eli the fucking Barrow Boy, okay? <laughs> Solid gold every episode. And I am the city of Valencia. I am dying <laughs> and bleeding on the ground. You're shooting <laughs> up my plants. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I found out who the lead singer is. And um Colin Malloy I found a few articles that were 
criticizing him or like he had been in hot water because of the themes in in the decemberist songs of like the you know persecution of women and just like suffering yada 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 and like yeah there's a lot of women dying there's a lot of there's rape yeah and allusions to rape rape and there's syphilis like yep consumption yeah the whole shebang yeah (laughs) questioning like whether it was ethical essentially to write stories like this about those topics because like a he's a white man and Mm -hmm. you know what they were criticizing him sort of on both ends though to where they're like oh well you're a white guy like how could you understand the um shit that women have gone through in the past blah 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 but also lamenting the fact that the women are like passive actors in in making that argument with both of those things together i just i was kind of confused (laughs) and and conflicted Hmm. um because okay he can't try and write from their point of view so he just kind of includes them in the stories but that's still bad (laughs) Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, it's absolutely valid to question, you know, what's happening in these stories, and um, but it's kind of it is kind of hard to have it both ways. Yeah, you know, because if he writes stories that are don't have any women at all, well, that's not really a good thing. I mean, you can't really, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you yeah could, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't have a I don't have a hot take on that. At yeah. least right here. And I also kind of feel like aren't there other things you could arguably should be <laughs> upset about instead of this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like these are all fictions, you know, it's yeah. all storytelling. I mean, unless we find out that um, you know, Colin Malloy literally hunted down a, a mariner and yeah in who, the 19th his... century like <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> he's a time traveler it all makes sense right i mean um well the song yankee bayonet from crane wife that's one of my favorites mm. uh it tells the story of two um lovers who are uh, separated and uh he's a soldier he dies in battle she's you know has to She's pregnant with his kid back home. Um, she lives in. Yeah. So the story explicitly says that he's in the Confederate army and she mm. lives in South Carolina, but it doesn't. I mean, Colin Malloy doesn't have a line right at the end where he's like, and slavery was good. <laughs> like, I think it's okay to tell stories in in a because he's putting it in a historical context and mm-hmm. so you know i don't know the, there's because, other things to be more upset about uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean granted i think that the article i'm referring to was written in like 2015 2016 but also <laughs> as bad as things are now they were still bad then. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I don't know. Let people tell their illustrious stories. Like, ugh. yeah, yeah. 
clearly Colin Malloy has to get all this stuff off his chest because he keeps going <laughs> back to the well of, uh, you know, tragedies and, and forlorn lovers and mm-hmm. dead babies in history. But the dude's got to do what he's got to do. And there's also a shit ton of stories about all of that. Yeah. In books, plays, movies, what have you. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've got this has been such a grab bag of weird <laughs> weirdness. Um I've got one more thing that I kind of noted because there's a lot of um stories of pregnancy. Yeah. And uh that just makes me think of WAPs. And so of wet ass pussies? <laughs> yeah. And so I just started coming up with um, other songs about WAPs. And what I had was... Um, All right, hit me. <laughs> with arms wide open. Um, there's Papa Don't Preach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there's the Stevie Wonder, um, Isn't She Lovely? Which is really more about just a baby, but you can't have a baby until you first have a WAP. Um, there's... Uh, and, okay. then there's, and then there's... <laughs> And then there's lightning crashes uh, mm. by live, um, and that was it. And I, cu- I couldn't think of any other Son songs of a about WAPs. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> gypsies, tramps, and thieves. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't even know if that's a real thing. <laughs> oh, that's a share. You never heard gypsies, tramps, and thieves? I don't uh, know. Share made it famous. I don't know if it's hers originally, um, but uh, yeah, I'll send that to you. Okay, yeah, I have not it's listened to a, hardly any share in my entire life. Very briefly, it's about a girl who um, gets pregnant because some gypsies like roll through town. This is the I know gypsy is kind of a, a not a not a good term that we use these days, but it's what they right. use in the song. So that's what the song is called. So I don't I don't want to be disrespectful, but um, a, a group of travelers comes through town and gets the girl knocked up, and then they roll off. Um, and then it's kind of her lament about, yeah, you know, her one steamy, passionate night with mm. uh, with a hot dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like all of Mamma Mia. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and aside from all of those, there's absolutely no other songs about what pussies, <laughs> especially none that have come out recently. Nope, nope. It's, it's kind of a kind of a dead genre. It's an antiquated subject. <laughs> I don't know if that was worth. I don't know if that was worth going over. (laughs) It's not where I expected you to go. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about pregnancy, and then, (laughs) like, I get how one could make that connection. (laughs) To to bring it down to a real dour note, I can tell you what I thought of when you said that, which is. You know, the shit happening in Texas right now, where they've, in effect, completely outlawed abortion for... the heartbeat bill. Horrible. That's all I have to say about that. It makes me incredibly anxious. They're probably... They're trying to bring it to the Supreme Court, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And what the fuck? (laughs) Of all the things that you could be focusing on right at this moment... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we uh, we both support um, 
reproductive choice and you know women's rights to their own bodies um so uh does colin malloy also agree with i think he does probably i have no idea but yeah if i had to guess i would say yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) even though he sings about a lot of women dying and um being stuck in positions where they have to yeah give birth well and i think knowing that that shit happens i think could naturally lead you to the conclusion of like hey maybe women should be in control of what happens yeah. as what, human beings what a wild what a wild idea <laughs> I, I don't <sighs> anyway <laughs> well this has been a fun one buffet of knowledge <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you want to say what the the next band will be when we do a deep dive on a band? What's your favorite band? At some point in the next few weeks, we'll say, we will be going over the Airborne Toxic Events uh, self-titled album. That is their first album. Uh, what was the other one? All at Once and Songs of God and Whiskey. Those are the three albums we will be covering in the near future. Dear listener. I think we need to wrap this one up. We gotta get the hell out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here I go. Um, We have been Magnum Oops, and thank you for riding with us in this... On this uh, wave? Riding this this, wave with us? In this bassinet as we've been (laughs) cast upon the reeds of a really bizarre episode. We're on Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram at MagnumOopsPod, and also Gmail account MagnumOopsPod at gmail.com. Please reach out to us if you have ideas for show topics, or if you want to tell us that this was a horrible mistake. (laughs) I want to hear it. (laughs) Any feedback, you know, would be great. (laughs) And with that... Uh, Sierra, I will talk to you soon. And And as we always say, plants or death or something. (laughs) That's what we always say. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye